everybody it has been a minute it has been a minute now i do apologize for the early start time i didn't take into consideration that there was something else going on in uh, my family today so i had to kind of bump it back in an hour but that's okay um i also want to apologize for anybody i got a kind of a new setup here kind of in the midst of doing some rearranging and painting and fixing up of rooms in the household so it's a little bit different, so I do apologize. I hope the audio sounds okay, uh, but we will go from there and see what's going on. But how's it going, everybody? It has been a minute since I've done a live show. I kind of miss doing these a lot, actually, and the fact that it's taken me so long to get back to doing a live show, I'm kind of ashamed of. I really am ashamed of that, but we're going to move forward here, and we're really going to get into... Uh, just kind of talking everything that's going on. So, you know, welcome to Bridging the Geekdoms. If you've never been here before, if this is your first time listening or watching, uh, this is a show where normally it's me and a co-host, Colton, or somebody else. We'll sit down and we just kind of discuss all the ongoings of what is going on in the entertainment industry, whether it's pop culture, uh, comic-related, comic books, superheroes, all that jazz. Uh, and that's kind of what the whole idea is of this show. We also do interviews as well as... Um, content when it comes to video gaming honestly our youtube channel is just a plethora of everything and i'm hearing that's kind of a bad thing to do but you know what we're trying to see what sticks and uh we're gonna go from there we've been doing this for a number of years now going on four or five years something like that i don't know it's been crazy but let's continue forward here so welcome to bridging the geekdoms now i always like to start off the show normally when colton is here or another co-host, I like to sit and find out, hey, what have you watched lately? What have you been up to? What what have you seen? What have you played? So what have you watched lately? For me, I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite lately. I tell you what, that game, uh, at least the multiplayer, the, the, the bones of that game are magnificent. It is the most fun I've had with the Halo game, especially multiplayer-wise, since Halo 3. And that is saying a lot because that is, Halo 3 was, what, 2007? So we're talking about what, 14 years it's been since I've really had that much fun playing a Halo game. So I love what 343 Industries has done with the game. I do have to say there's a lot of issues when it comes to the battle pass system and leveling up system. And, you know, a lot of people are into this whole, uh, what is it, uh, you know, skins and making your character look a certain way. I don't really care about all that. I just want to jump on and have some fun. I do want to get some reward, though, from a battle pass whenever I do buy it. I understand this one's going to be running for about six months. But just, I mean, I've played, I think I looked at my stats last night. I think I've played about 14, 15 hours. I'm level 13. You take that into consideration. You say I have to play 30 hours to, to hit level 30, roughly. I, it just, to me, that's a lot of work. And is it really worth buying the battle passes then? And that's kind of kind of the way I look at it. But again, the game is phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait for campaign to come out. So hopefully, hopefully, when campaign comes out on December 8th, that's just as good. And from what I'm hearing and all the videos I'm seeing on YouTube the, from the people who've gotten to play it early, 
it is pretty phenomenal. So I can't wait for that. Now I do want to, uh, talk about some. So I know the, the whole thing that, you know, if you're clicking on this show or this channel, you're probably like, Hey, I want to hear about the Spider-Man news that's going on. And let me tell you, there's some awesome, uh, Spider-Man news today, but I want to get this out of the way. And, uh, Zack Snyder, is he teasing more Snyderverse? That's a question that I think a lot of us now are asking because for quite some time, the, well, since even before the Snyder Cut was released, uh, there were a lot of discussions on whether or not the Snyder verse would be continued. I know my pals over at the Culture Nerd were talking highly of that possibility and it going to be moving forward. And I know there's a lot of other people around who have said the same thing that, yes, the Snyder verse will be continued. However, we've seen no evidence of that to this point. Yes, Zach talked a little bit about uh, possibilities and that continuing in his little promotional tour when he was jumping podcast to podcast for the Snyder Cut. But overall, there's been no real evidence or real indication that it will be continued. Now, my boy Sil Abdul over at Sil Abdul Inc., which great channel, check out his channel. He talks mostly DC, but he talks a little bit of, about a little bit of everything. Uh, he and Mikey Sutton from Geekosity have been really hyping up for the past number of months that the Snyder that the Snyderverse is continuing. It's going to be coming, but it all hinged on the finalization of the Discovery Warner merger. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have some kind of inkling that things are coming. And we kind of got that over the past week. Now it did start on November 17th, which we all know is the anniversary of Justice League and possibly the biggest day in the Snyderverse fandom where we made the most impact in just tweeting out a hashtag. We re released the Snyder Cut back in 2019 or 2020. I'm sorry, in 20, 2019. Years in COVID all screwed me up. But when we did that, that is the catalyst it's believed that's one of the catalysts that pushed them to releasing the Snyder cut. So it's understandably or understandable that people as well as Zach himself will look at that day a certain way. And he posted a picture of a clapper board it said W five, two, seven, nine. Um, I don't remember what the other number, but it was scene two seventy nine. That's what is to be believed, which is the scene where dark side says, Ready the Armada, we will use the old ways. And now that was back on November 17th. We also got on November 22nd, Clay Staub, who was part of the production of Justice League, and, and I believe a friend of Zack Snyder's, posted a picture of Darkseid from those storyboards that were released. And it just said, let it begin, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So... We get these two hints from people involved with that film pretty much, you know, days apart, <laughs> but it didn't end there because on November 25th, which is America Thanksgiving, Zack Snyder posts a picture of his turkey. Well, he did that last year as well. If you go on his Vero, you'll see that he posted a picture of, of his turkey last year and when he did that, we, I mean, people didn't think anything of it because it was just, hey, Thanksgiving, and he's posting it. 
Now, this particular post was a post of the, the turkey, and it said, thankful. Now, I'm going to jump over here. You're going to see all these back-to-back. -back. You'll say, thankful, Zach Snyder and Vero. And then you see the other things here that uh, I was talking about. But people are freaking out because of that. I don't know if you can see. Oh, there we go. That right there. Right there. The Omnibus. It looks like it's the Omnibus of Final Crisis, which was a comic book run between 2008 and 2009. July 2008 to March 2009, uh, which his story arc for his five-film arc was going to pull from a bit. So the fact that he has that sitting there got people all excited. Because first off, why is that sitting on his kitchen counter for Thanksgiving dinner? But not only that, if you take a look closer, you'll see that there are two tablets sitting on top of the book. Now, to me, I when I was younger, I did a lot of art. And those look like two tablets that I would have used in high school when I did a lot of artwork. And we know Zach likes to do his own little storyboards or story designs in a notebook. And that's kind of what that looks like. So could he have been, I mean, obviously we know that he does this stuff because he knows the fans. He knows what will get the fans excited. But it's more than that. I think that he's really saying or showing people like, look, things are in motion. Whether it's officially on pen and paper that this is happening, things are in motion. His The wheels are turning in his head. Yes, he's got the Army of the Dead series on Netflix. He's got Rebel Moon, which is, I believe, looking to start production March, I believe. Either March or May. So we ha he has those two projects going on. Plus he has, what, one or two animated projects that are going to be coming out shortly. He's got a very, very full schedule. But that doesn't mean that he is not going to be sitting there planning for what's going to come when he's done with all of that. And that's what's so exciting about all this. And, and I really wanted to have uh, John from Spoiler Country on today to talk about this. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. But, you know, I want to know what people's thoughts are on the Snyderverse Continuum because it is huge. It is, it is much bigger than what I think people understand. Now, in the article here at spoilerverse.com oh here we go it's uh w52791 was the clap report but you have to you know how could it be restored and that's kind of the one thing that a lot of people constantly are asking about how can the Snyderverse be restored because we know that there's so much already going on and in motion with the dceu we have the flash film coming out that is essentially going to reestablish what the dceu is you have Batgirl over on HBO Max. That's going to be utilizing elements of Snyder's universe with J.K. Simmons's Gordon. You have the Batman, Matt Reeves' The Batman coming out, which is separate and on its own. Then you have J.J. Abrams doing a whole bunch of stuff in D.C., which at this point in time, I don't even know if it's going to be happening because we haven't heard anything about it in probably a year or two. So. What does this mean? How can it be continued? And where could it be continued is another question. And again, that's also up for speculation. I'm not here to say I have any information, but the speculation is that, yes, it could be continued in live action. That There's no reason why it couldn't. Now, if that were to happen, we'd have to realize that the 
actors and Zach himself, the filmmaker, they're all pretty busy over the next year or two. You have Gall, who's doing Cleopatra. She's got Wonder Woman 3 coming up. You have Jason Momoa, who's got Aquaman 2. He's in the middle of doing that. He also has to do, um, what's it called, uh, Wonder Woman 3. Who knows if, I, I mean, I don't know anything about Dune. I know what happened in the first movie, but could he be in the second movie? I, I don't know. So his schedule could be pretty tied up. And that's the thing about actors. They schedule out years in advance they have two or three years planned out in advance so scheduling that kind of stuff could be difficult not saying impossible but i think it could be a little difficult then you not only have that but then then you also have the whole ben affleck aspect he's not getting any younger he's in his 50s he's not getting any younger and i know that a lot of this stuff will be done with stunt doubles and so on and so forth that i'm not not saying it's just will he want to come back into that role and we've heard multiple times that he loves working with zach he loves zach's idea so it's good possibility that he will come back uh let's see here i'm gonna pass because i never cared about tom's story ever to horse i don't care about waking me up if we get sam remy's 44 okay we'll get to you in a second there andrew um if hopefully you keep watching once i get through here but Yes, we could very well get the continuation of Zack's Snyderverse in live action. If not, I'm still not completely sold that we're going to get it in live action. I know Zack alluded to on his little press tour through the podcast for Snyder Cut that animation was a possibility. Now, with the Discovery merger, that could have changed drastically. There are people who believe that he and David Zaslav have been talking behind closed doors. So when this merger is completed, they can come out the gate and say, we did what the fans wanted. Snyder Cut or Justice League 2, Snyder Cut 2, whatever you want to call it, will be coming to HBO Max or to Warner Brothers or whatever you want to say. It's a possibility. But I think that this whole thing here, this whole alluding and hinting to here that that is showing us that he is going to be doing something that is uh or that that he's in the work he's working on something that could be coming because remember he he needs to give a pitch you know for any new project he'll have to go to david zaslav or whoever's in charge of dc content when zaslav and, and discovery take over and he's gonna have to pitch this is what I want to do. Similar to what he did with the Snyder Cut. He took the footage he had and said, look, this is the Snyder Cut. This is what I want to do to complete it. This is how much it'll cost. Can we do it? He'll have to do the same thing to complete the Snyderverse. So whether that happens or not, I guess it's to be seen. But I think that's really exciting. Uh, I, I, I would say if you're not on Vero at this point in time, you may want to get on there, start following Zach because that's two hints within a week. He doesn't normally do it that often. He doesn't normally post that kind of stuff that often, but uh, he is known to do those little, little hints here and there on his post. So you may want to follow him and start looking out for all that. All right. Now I know that, uh, let's see here. Yes. You want to talk about that. So yes, we're going to talk about that. Andrew, if you're still watching, I hope you are. We're going to talk about that. Marvel and Sony continue, continue their partnership. Now this is really, really exciting. And I think it's a bit of a slap in the face. 
<laughs> to some Marvel fans right now, uh, only because it took it takes away some of the hype from the upcoming movie No Way Home. But Amy Pascal, who is an executive over at Sony Pictures, recently sat down and actually just released today. Uh, but recently sat down with Fandango and had a little conversation with them. Now, as you can see, a little image here, Marvel Studios, Spider-Man, staying in the MCU. Now, Amy Pascal was asked a bunch of different questions about Spider-Man No Way Home, about the partnership with Marvel Studios, and so on and so forth. And there was one moment where she goes, hey, I want to say something here. Do you mind if I say something? She goes, this is not the last movie we're going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films. And now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. Now, here's the crazy thing. I pulled that directly off of Fandango, that, that quote there. But when you read further down to Fandango, and you go down into the actual... Thing here. So Fandango asks, you know, as you wrap up the trilogy of films in collaboration with Marvel Studios, and she goes, can I say something about that? And it's slightly different. This is not the last movie that we're going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. It just isn't part of... We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to get on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. Okay. That makes sense. This is not the last of your MCU movies. I think that's been kind of the consensus around a lot of fans um, in the fandom that this would not be the final Spider-Man movie in the MCU. But that has not been the question. The question is, how is it going to continue? Because spoilers for those of you who haven't seen Venom let There Be Carnage, which was a horrendous film, much like the first one. But the post credit scene does show Venom entering the MCU. But now we know that the next movie, or No Way Home, is going to dabble in the multiverse. And we know that Doc Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to dabble in the multiverse. Now, I've never believed that the multiverse aspect of the MCU was going to be a long-term thing. I never thought that at all. I honestly thought or believe that this was going to be maybe like a four film arc at most. And that's kind of what it's turning out to be. Cause if you take a look at Loki, Spider-Man, Dr. Strange, and maybe, you know, Loki season two wraps it up. I don't know. Or, or even Ant-Man and, you know, quantum, of Solus, Mania, whatever it is called. Maybe that's what's going to wrap it up. I didn't think this was going to be the overarching phase or saga that replaces the Infinity Saga. So how is it going to be wrapped up? How is it going to continue moving forward with Venom joining the MCU? Would they pull them out of the MCU when everything was fixed? Or would there be kind of this crossing of paths. There was another quote that I couldn't find precisely where it was from, uh, especially because I had to rush and get ready here. But Kevin Feige, just a few weeks back, did state that 
Spider-Man is an interesting character because he is the only character that can travel between universes, the Sony universe and the Marvel Studios universe. And that's an interesting thing to, to take note of because if that's the case, then I think what we're going to see is something that I've been saying for quite some time, that we're going to have a Sony universe and a Marvel universe that are side by side, simultaneously going where Spider-Man can come in and out and another character can come in and out of there. Now, it sounds like Kevin Feige is saying it might just be Spider-Man and not other characters that can come in and back and forth. But I, I really believe, I think we're better off having Spider-Man in the MCU. And I'm going to pull this comment up from Andrew, who just a minute ago I started reading. He goes, I'm going to pass because I never cared about Tom's story ever. Tobey Maguire is the only one I cared for. So wake me up if we get Sam Raimi Spider-Man 4. <laughs> and he goes, this is why I'm not why I'm not happy about this. Andrew, I, I'm going to talk directly to you right now, man. I understand. I haven't been the biggest fan, the biggest fan of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah, there are some issues with his films. I've enjoyed the movies for what they are. His portrayal has kind of gone up and down for me. I have like at first I was like, oh, he's the best Peter Parker Spider-Man. And then uh, maybe not so much. Oh, he's really good here. No, not so much. I get your love for the Raimi trilogy, uh, especially the first two movies. Absolutely get your love for those. But I have to say that Spider-Man being in the MCU, I think, is important because he can bring some interesting stories to the forefront. I also want to bring this up real quick. And uh, we're going to, I don't know if you guys can see it very well, but the last, uh, the, we're getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. Now, let me read that again. The next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. One more time. The next Spider-Man movie. The next. That is not necessarily saying that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to continue on after this next film that they're planning. A lot of people have been speculating that we're going to see Miles Morales at some point. And personally, personally, that's what I want to see happen. I want to see Miles Morales now. We've now had 20 years of Peter Parker, what, five movies prior to the MCU. We're getting three more plus another one. So that you're looking at almost 10 movies where it's all about Peter Parker. I think if they can switch it up, throw Miles Morales there, and still have Peter, Peter Parker from time to time, but the main focus be Miles Morales, I, I honestly think that's the way that they need to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if this next Spider-Man movie, speculation here, is Spider-Man vs. Venom, Miles Morales is introduced, and the next movie after that, it is Miles's franchise. That's just my belief. Andrew, what did you say? The MCU already ruined Spider-Man when Iron Man walked up to his doorstep. That's some of the issues I have with it. They made him Iron Man Jr., which I'm not a big fan of. I, I, I hate the Iron Spider suit. In concept, in comic form, in idea, it's a great idea to utilize it, you know, one time, like an Endgame or not Endgame, Infinity War, perfect time to use it, but they should have walked away from it in the next movie, which they kind of did. I will admit he only used it for a minimal amount of time, but 
it seems like this movie, he's got it again, and even a new one. <laughs> to me, I'm just I'm over that. Uh, that so that that's an aspect that I'm not a big fan of when it comes to the MCU Spider-Man. But uh, that's not to say that that I haven't enjoyed what they've done because I love I love Homecoming. I love the Vulture. I love. Well, I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan. I really, really enjoyed Far From Home. I think Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio was excellent. I kind of wish they would have went a different direction with him, but again, that doesn't that that was my expectation. That's nothing bad on the movie. So again, I get your your you know I get how you feel about it because they really did. I think they wanted so badly to get away from the Uncle Ben aspect that they shoehorned in Tony being that that you know mentor for him. And that's a real shame because the the Uncle Ben aspect is a huge part of who Peter Parker is. It really it really is. Andrew says with Sam Raimi's take he did the comics perfectly. Toby was a shy nerdy kid who becomes a superhero and follows responsibility struggling being a normal guy and being a superhero. And you're right, 100%, Andrew. Again, I, I, I agree. The only problem I have with the Raimi trilogy is Toby Maguire was like 45 years old when he started. I know he wasn't 45. It was an exaggeration. <laughs> he was in his mid to late 20s portraying a, what, 17-year-old, 18-year-old? And it, it, you could tell. You could definitely tell in that regard. But besides that, yeah, he did. He got the nerdy aspect down. It's way better than The Amazing Spider-Man did. I, I did not see... Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker as a nerd. I just didn't see it. He was smart, but he seemed he was a skater punk. And in the days that I went to high school, the skater punks weren't picked on or they weren't nerds. They were, you know, I mean, they weren't the popular kids, but some of them were. So yes, the, the Raimi films did a lot better in that regard, but Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I mean, he's a nerd. They just didn't focus enough on the nerdy aspect in his smarts. They started to in Homecoming, but Far From Home got away from that. And you're right. And there, there's there's glimpses. Andrew says Spider-Man is not always about making or is not always about making jokes or being a teenager. Spider-Man is not always about making jokes. You're right. That that's what <laughs> that's what the amazing Spider-Man did as well always joking and you know, the teenage angst with him and Gwen, that's all those two movies were. And I, that's a big reason why I didn't like those films so much. Plus I didn't like the stories at all. I I don't hate Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And I really believe in Tom Holland, even himself has said that it, he doesn't want to be doing this into his thirties. And I think that's kind of him like saying, Hey, Sony, I want to pass the torch to Miles. We have a perfect opportunity to have somebody I can pass the torch to. Let's do that. And I think that's coming up. And, and and Sony would be foolish not to do it at this point. Because you have a franchise that you can continue forward utilizing the same villains and actors and universe that you've established now over the past six, seven years at that point. Introducing Miles Morales, having Tom Holland's Peter Parker in the background still being able to show up from time to time, I think would be really huge. I do. I think it would be really huge. 
Andrew, so age is a problem when Peter Parker was in college in the comics after a few issues and Toby was a senior in high school. Not 100% sure what you're saying. I, I, did, I was making a joke about the, the fact that um, Toby Maguire was in his 20s. I, I just said that it didn't work for me when they were showing him be a teenager. That, that didn't work for me, but that's, that's okay. He goes, Toby Maguire, in my opinion, is the perfect casting as Peter Parker and Spider-Man, a shy, nerdy geek who becomes a superhero. And I, I agree. Toby Maguire was the best man for that job. The thing that I love about the Raimi trilogy, or at least the first two, I grew up on the Spider-Man animated series, which I adored that in the 90s. I loved that show. And those films felt like they fit in that mold. And I think that's why I like those, those, especially the first two, so much because they, they, to me, it fits that mold. And that that show was when Peter was in college, so that fit more. And again, they made him a college student immediately. You know, you you got to remember. I mean, he was he graduated high school within the first what twenty five minutes of the first movie. So it's not like he was in high school the whole time. I get that. I don't know. I want to know all of your guys' thoughts, though. I know, Andrew, you're doing a lot of talking here, and you're you're very negative about this whole idea that Tom Holland's Peter can, is going to stay in the MCU. But, again, you take a look at what Amy Pascal is saying. The next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland Marvel. It isn't just part of, and she stops. We're thinking this as three films, and now we're going on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean we're going to have more than one Tom Holland Spider-Man movie that's after this? Or is it going to be one and then two more with something else or somebody else? Is it just going to be one more that's in Marvel? Is it going to be the next three or all in the, in the MCU? Or is it going to be where, like I said, there we go. Or is it going to be, like I said, where it kind of interacts and inter, you know, there interchanges. That's what I want to say. Where you have Sony on one side, Marvel on the other, and they can coincide whenever they feel the story needs to do that. Let me know down below in the comments what you think, what your thoughts are on that, because I really believe that this, this is huge news on Spider Monday. We haven't gotten a trailer. I know I've been saying that we would get another trailer. I, I look, somebody reached out to me a couple weeks ago. It was actually two days before the trailer, the other trailer dropped. And I was told trailer, expect trailer to drop final week of November. And I was like, okay, final week of November makes sense. You know, that's probably when tickets will go on sale. They'll want to hype up the tickets, everything like that. Well, then two days later, the trailer dropped then. Now, that information that I got could have just been wrong. Very well could have been. But maybe it wasn't wrong. Maybe they were just, they were under the impression that, hey, they were going to drop something the day that tickets went on sale because they said tickets would go on sale the final week of November. Here we are, final week of November, and tickets go went on sale today. Did you get yours? Did you? But tickets go on sale the final week of November. I, I think there's still a possibility. I mean, right now it's 5.30 Eastern. We still got another six and a half hours until the day's over. I think we might see a trailer. Some people are speculating during Monday night football. I think they would have been hyping it up if that were the case. Uh, I know that they like to drop things around 9 PM, sometimes Eastern time. I've seen companies do that. It's either early in the morning, like 9 AM Eastern time, 
or 9 p.m. Eastern time when trailers drop. So be on the lookout. I think we might get something. But if we don't, we don't. And I think that's foolish on Sony. I think it was foolish for them to call this Spider Monday and not really have anything planned to help promote Spider-Man No Way Home or even anything else Spider-Man. I mean, the tickets went on sale. That's it. They didn't put out even a new TV spot. They, they haven't done anything, and they dubbed this as Spider Monday. A lot of people are like, oh, they're just doing a little twist on Cyber Monday because it's a big shopping holiday for cyber sales. But that's really foolish of them because the hype around Spider-Man right now is at an all-time high. It's never been this high before. People are so excited about this movie, and it took down ticket sites last night at midnight when the tickets went on sale. But here's the kicker. The tickets go on sale, and the sites goes down. Yeah, you're going to sell a whole bunch of tickets for Thursday night showings, for Friday night showings. But then come Saturday, those showings are not going to be as sold out as they were those first two nights. Sunday, not even close. Then we got the following weekend. If Sony wants to make money, all of the money, I should say, if they want to make all of the money in the world, they will make another trailer, put on another trailer, showcasing, or at least alluding to in some form or fashion that the other two Spider-Mans will be in that movie. Right now, you're looking at, yes, it probably broke some records for early ticket sales. Opening weekend is when they make the most percentage of the movie the movie studio. Sony will make more money the first weekend in percentage compared to week two, three, four, five, so on and so forth. So that first weekend and first week is where they make all their money. Now the movie is going to be red carpeted premiered, I believe on December 10th, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the 10th. So December 10th is when the press gets to see this thing. Do we remember what happened right after the Eternals press event, red carpet premiere? Yeah. Somebody came out and spoiled the mid credit scene. You think that's not going to happen again? It's very well possible, especially because people just want clout. They want those clicks. Then not only that, but UK is getting the movie on December 15th. Granted, it's two days from the official, official release date, really one day from it being premiering in the United States because it's going to be out on the 16th, but that's still the 15th. That's still almost a full 24 hours. If that's going to be out, where on the internet, people are going to go see that movie and jump on and say, I saw Toby, I saw Andrew, this, that, oh, this is crazy, this was that. I get that they that you know, they, they want to keep something secret. Totally agree. But movie studios are not in the secret-keeping business. They are not in the surprise business. They're in the money-making business. And they need to control the narrative here. Because I can guarantee... There is a big difference from them showing a trailer where we are told Andrew and Toby are going to be in the movie and them controlling the narrative and saying, get your tickets now and all the tickets sell. It's very different from some keyboard jockey jumping on his computer or on his phone right after watching the movie in the UK. Or even taking, you know, just taking their phone and taking some pictures in the theater and posting them online. I got to tell you, this is this is a bad move by Sony if they're not going to reveal Toby and Andrew. Charlie Cox, they don't need to reveal. 
that's exciting, but that's not monumental like Toby and Andrew. Yes, the last trailer already gave us the clues that they are in there. To anybody who's been following all this for the last year and a half, year, year and a half, that trailer confirmed so many of the leaks. But that doesn't do anything for the normal fan who hasn't been following the leaks or the the scoops that have been coming out. If they want to sell all of the tickets for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and through that next week, they need to release a trailer that at least, even if it's just their boots, just landing down on a, on a statue, and you see just six feet that are all Spider-Man-esque. Or even if you just hear somebody say, hey, kid, and it's Tobey Maguire's voice. That's the kind of stuff they need to do if they want to make all the money. I can't believe they haven't done it yet. I really can't. But let me know down in the comments below what you think. Because, I mean, here we are. We're on November 29th. And we're not, I mean, we're so close to the movie. But we have no real confirmation yet that those two are going to be in it. All right, moving on. I want to talk about Hawkeye episodes one and two. Just a quick reaction. I don't like to do full reviews anymore because, well, I run into issues with that. I uh, I don't know. I, I have trouble reviewing this stuff because when I watch something just like one time, I, I, I watch it as a fan. So I get real excited. But then sometimes I'll go watch it a second time or a third time. Or I'll, even like a week or two later, I'll be sitting there thinking about it. I'm just, ugh. I don't really like that kind of happened with WandaVision. I loved the first couple episodes at first, but then as I sat there and then I rewatched it, I just didn't like it as much, but Hawkeye episodes one and two, I can't believe all the negativity it's getting. I thought it was excellent. I really did enjoy the first two episodes thus far. Uh, I actually watched the first episode twice. Second episode. I haven't gotten around to watching again, I really enjoy it. I know a lot of people are mad that there's not enough Jeremy Renner in it. There's a lot of Kate Bishop. A lot of Kate Bishop. Not enough Clint. A lot of Kate. And that, that doesn't bother me because I know what Marvel is doing. They're in the middle of this transition of taking Clint and either going to make him a mentor and could kind of put him in the back seat a little bit or have two Hawkeyes running around in, in a way. And they don't like her character development, which I, I actually really like because she she has that teen angst. She she has that entitlement and she feels and, and acts like she's always better than everybody, but then messes up. And that's where Clint's going to come in and help her and, and calm her down and tell her and teach her ways to be better. And you had to establish that in the first couple episodes, especially because I think this is only six episodes. So you really had to establish that pretty quickly. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. I, I I don't know. I, I, I've really enjoyed the first two episodes. Like I said, I saw the first one twice, enjoyed it a lot. The second one, I haven't watched it a second time, but I do. I know I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for this Wednesday to see where it goes. And obviously the rumors of Kingpin possibly being in this. Yeah, uh, Donna Ford, what's his name? Um, I can't remember his name, but he... Posted on Twitter, you know, watching this. So excited. Love these MCU or these these shows. He's never done that for another Marvel property. We know he's going to be in it at this point. I mean, he basically gave it away there, which was a brilliant way to do it. Uh, but 
I, I can't wait. Vincent Donafaria. There we go. I can't wait to see him in this show. I know that there's rumor that they've kind of CGI'd him and changed his look a little bit. Maybe that's the case. Maybe not. I don't know. Regardless, he is an amazing actor and he was perfect for that role. So I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what they do with his character here and how he connects with this current story going on. And that's another thing. We don't have all the information for this story yet. We just saw Echo at the very end of episode two. And we know she's the, the one that has the connection to Kingpin, but why is our connection? Where is this leading to? I can't wait to see that where it goes. So again, let me know in the comments below what you think of Hawkeye episodes one and two. Is it meeting your standards or your expectations? Again, for me, I really enjoyed it to the part to the to look. I liked it. <laughs> I've liked it so far. Uh, I just don't get all the the hate for it. You know, I, I think for me, what I've noticed is when there isn't a lot of expectation with Marvel properties, films, shows, and there's just a lot of unknown going into it. That's when they exceed my expectations. WandaVision was not helped by what was going on with even like the production staff and director just talking about all these different things and everything like that, that could have be possibly going on and everything. Um, I don't know. So that really ruined the, the that show for me. Uh, Captain America or what was it? Uh, Falcon and winter soldier. I thought was amazing. Uh, great, great story there. Um, it, it, look, it is what it is at this point. You know, Loki was phenomenal. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Loki was phenomenal. All right. Next thing I want to talk about is the book of Boba Fett. Is there really any hype? And that's a good question because the book of Boba Fett comes out on December 29th. We are one month away from the book of Boba Fett. And there's not a lot of hype around it. Does Boba Fett just not have as big of a following as some people thought? Are people just not that excited about this as Lucasfilm thought there would be? I mean, you got Rodriguez directing, you got Filoni and Favreau involved. Where is the excitement for this? I'm I'm excited, but I'm still more excited about season three of The Mandalorian or Obi-Wan. I just don't have the hype for Boba Fett as I thought I would about a Boba Fett live action series about Boba Fett. You know, I would have never thought, you know, back in the, in the mid nineties, I'm sitting there playing with my little Boba Fett action figure. I never would have thought that there would be a live action movie or show about him. He died in return of the Jedi. Then there were always those, those rumors or thoughts that, Oh, he survived. He climbed out. Then the EU had him climb out. So the fact that we're getting more Boba Fett, I was excited in, in, in season two of The Mandalorian when he came in. But I think for me, where all the hype has just gone, there just isn't any, it's that he's always worked better as the side character, as the mysterious one. Like I, I know what Tamora Morrison looks like. Yeah, I get that. But... In episode five and six, he never took his helmet off. He spoke, what, five lines total between the two movies? 
there was a mystery behind that mask. There was a mystery in that character. And right now we've kind of lost that uh, mystery because he now runs around with his helmet off all the time, which is odd. And I'm not saying that's odd because of what, you know, the Mandalorians do. I'm saying it's odd because he didn't do that in the first two movies that we saw him. Yeah. His father did it in episode two, but again, that's not what we saw from Boba Fett originally. This show could be phenomenal. I'm hoping it is. I have no expectations on it being bad or good. Honestly, it's just kind of like, cool. Going to watch another star Wars show. At least we get something because it's been a while. <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been a minute since we've had any real good live action Star Wars content. Uh, more than a year, it'll be almost a year coming up here, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it works out. Uh, the show's good. I just don't see the hype. Just in the fandom, I don't see the hype. Where is all the hype for this show? There's no hype. Just none. It's unfortunate but I can't even get hyped for it. So, and I think a lot of that does fall on the current state of Lucasfilm. There's a lot of uncertainty with what is going on there. The fact that they flubbed up Disney plus day and gave us nothing. They could have done a nice featurette on the book of Boba Fett. I get that they did the history of Boba Fett. That documentary, that 20-minute documentary was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, there was not a single piece of information in that documentary that I didn't already know in the history of Boba Fett, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So for those who are not huge Star Wars fans and have not researched this kind of stuff over the years, yeah, that's going to be a lot of new cool information that they may not have known. But when it comes to me, this kid right here, you know, I, I wanted to learn what's coming. And I think they should have done, even if it was like a five, 10 minute featurette on the book of Boba Fett, the filming, even sitting down with Rodriguez, Filoni, Favreau, and just, you know, we hashed out this idea and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And this is how we got to here. Yes, I know they're going to do that with the gallery series when the show is over and they do their little documentary episode on how the show got made. But they could have just taken a little snippet of that five minutes or even just bits and pieces of it just to get people hyped for it. They, they, they released the trailer for it a week prior. That made no sense. They should have put it on Disney plus day. So I think there's a lot of concern about how Lucasfilm is being run and in connection, star Wars, the sequel trilogy is very divisive. Uh, I, not going to get into it, but it's the least favorite trilogy of mine out <laughs> of the three trilogies. So that's, that's that, but it's not just me. There's a lot of people that are like that. The live act, you know, the Mandalorian is phenomenal. Yes. But solo was good, but you know, not lasting. And I think what really hurts solo for me is that I know we're not getting more. Because I felt that it was a perfect setup for more, at least one or two more Han Solo stories. And at this point, we're not getting more. Rogue One was good. It really doesn't have a lot of rewatchability, I've noticed. I just, it's really tough to watch more. Yeah, I think I've watched it maybe three or four times. And I've just had no desire to go back and watch it. I really like it, but there's no rewatchability there. 
so when it comes to Star Wars and the whole way that it's being handled, I think the hype that isn't there for Book of Boba Fett is partially because of that. Just the way they're mishandling Star Wars. And that goes, you know, a lot of people are concerned. They give Kathy Kennedy another three years at Lucasfilm, but she doesn't need to be the problem or even the solution to what's going on here. They need to get somebody who is head of Star Wars IP, which they kind of do. You know, sitting at the head of that table right now is Dave Filoni. I think what needs to happen, though, is they need to get somebody in there who is just specifically head of Star Wars who can green light things. Basically, run Lucasfilm as a mini Disney. You got Bob Chapek, who's at the top of Disney. He then has Feige at Marvel. He has Kathy Kennedy at Lucasfilm and whoever at Pixar and whoever here, whoever that he needs to have, you need to have a hierarchy like that where yes, Kathy Kennedy has to answer to Bob Chapek, but somebody needs to answer to Kathy Kennedy. And I think that's where we need to get this all kind of put together here is okay. Kathy Kennedy, you run Lucasfilm, put somebody in charge of star Wars. Who's going to bring that team together and really put out content that is worthwhile. Get somebody for Indiana Jones. Get somebody for any other IPs that Lucasfilm has and go that route. Yes, she can be the final say, but she has to have trust in those that she hires. Otherwise, she's doing her job incorrectly. That's just what I think. But let me know down in the comments what you think of everything going on at Lucasfilm. Are you excited about the Book of Boba Fett? I know I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not like, oh, I can't wait. I'm more excited about The Matrix, Spider-Man. I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm more excited about right now, which is real shame because, I mean, my whole geekdoms or geek culture has stems from being a Star Wars fan. And the fact that something new Star Wars is coming out, I'm just not that excited about it. Says a lot about the state of Star Wars right now. I can't wait for Obi-Wan. Can't wait for Ahsoka. I think those two shows are going to be phenomenal. Mandalorian season three going to be great. Book of Boba Fett. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, well, thanks for watching. I apologize. Again, I did this a little earlier than I said. I did it an hour earlier, uh, but thank you so much for watching and make sure you hit that like button, hit subscribe, follow all that jazz. Find us on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I got a TikTok, uh, all that jazz. So with all that said, guys, thank you so much for watching. I'll talk at all of you later.